Since Ryan Poles took over the Chicago Bears, he's moved on from some of the longtime leaders of this team. And as more additions have come in this offseason, it's going to be time for new players to step up in leadership roles. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, we look at the Chicago Bears from a leadership perspective. Not that they're lacking players who have great leadership qualities and capabilities, but just that with some of the turnover we've seen on the team this season and last offseason, it's about time for new players to step up, especially as you get a little more solidified in terms of the long-term pieces, or at least the, the middle-term pieces, guys that are going to be here for a few years as compared to last season when there's a lot of guys that were just here on one-year deals and there was a lot of sort of temporary starters at a few different positions. Now we're seeing some more longer-term pieces fit into place, and that's going to mean more stability in terms of leadership both on and off the field, but more so like separate from the X's and O's play in between the lines. So we'll look at some of the different position groups and the different dynamics that go into each one where there's been some significant turnover. Some are a little more straightforward than others. Some still have some very unanswered questions as far as who is going to be that guy and, and how long term is the stability we potentially could see at those spots. Like, for example, like big picture, we know Justin Fields is one of the top leaders on this team, certainly the leader of the offense and the face of the franchise at this point. And he's already been stepping up into that role. We saw him start to step up as a leader last season. And we kind of know like he is the guy that the team turns to first and foremost. Or there's not really this question of like, sure, like he does need to continue to grow as a leader. Like leadership is not a static thing. It's always dynamic. And it does, you know, over time, you you cement yourself farther and further into some of those positions and, and change your leadership style and grow with the team around you. But right, there's not this question of like, will guys start to respect Justin Fields? Or like, will guys look at Justin Fields? Like they already do. He's already known as one of the leaders on this team. And some of the new players that have come in are already sort of known as leaders on the team, but you can only establish so much at OTAs and minicamp. Like Fields' leadership comes from being here for three seasons and two seasons now in this offense and lead and actually like leading the team on the field with his play in addition to being a leader in the locker room and off the field. But like in particular, I'm curious about this offensive line and how exactly the leadership goes there because we know Cody Whitehair is moving to center, has moved to center, and is very clearly the veteran leader of that group. He's the one who meets with the media. He's the one who's been around a long time. He's 30, will turn 31 later in July, and is kind of the elder statesman of that group. But I do wonder, like, long-term, if, you know, A, first of all, like, there can be more than one leader. There's different levels of leadership. But, like, B, we don't know how many more seasons Cody Whitehair is going to be a Chicago Bear. There was some thought that he may have been 
released this offseason even. They ended up rolling with him, which is great. But we weren't even sure if he would make it to 2023. And so there will again be questions of, of if he can make it to 2024. And who's next in terms of leadership on that offensive line? You, know, you got a rookie in Darnell Wright, a second-year player in Braxton Jones, a third-year player in Tevin Jenkins, and then a veteran but a first-year in the Chicago Bears player, Nate Davis. And I just kind of wonder what that might look like long term like over time after this season if like who is who is grooming that who's being groomed as a leader there who's stepping up behind the scenes who's working on becoming a bigger and bigger voice and face in that offensive line room because we know like we've heard from Tevin Jenkins a number of times he's he seems a little bit on the quieter you know gentle giant side of things but Cody Whitehair is some of that too and Jenkins has been the young guy for a while so like it's not it's not like we've been expecting him to inst- to be instant leader, plug in, you know, plug into that role. But I do wonder if that's a, a role he could grow into if he ends up, you know, being a long term member of this Bears team. You know, his contract will be coming up a, a year later than everyone else's too, so that's a possibility. You know, can Braxton Jones grow into that guy? Not all right away in his second season, but can he become that? As you know, if he becomes that really like cornerstone left tackle, or does Nate Davis take over and be like, hey, I'm the veteran, I'm the one who's been around the longest, I'm going to be that leader on the offensive line once Cody Whitehair is gone because Davis is here on a three-year deal. So I'm just kind of curious, like, who's going to be the one who steps up on the offensive line when life moves on after Cody Whitehair? Lucas Patrick was also kind of that guy last season on the interior, though he was hurt. He's also going to be a free agent after this season, so will he be back? Will will he be back after this year or not? Certainly also kind of playing more of a backup role, a versatile backup, but you know, your backup offensive lineman is not necessarily going to be your leader at that spot either. So that's where that, that position is, is so curious to me because you've got a lot of younger ascending players on the field and you wonder which one can be the one who ascends sort of, and again, that's not really off the field, but as a leader, not just with their play, but with the way that they rally their teammates, the way their teammates look at them, the way they set the example both on and off the field. Because that's that's a group where leadership matters a lot, where, you know, it's one thing to be a leader at, say, tight end, like Cole Komet, where it's a couple of tight ends behind you, but everybody's kind of, you know, there's two or three players and they all kind of have the same responsibilities. But like the offensive line is a spot where you got to lead five guys and you got to set the tone. And those five guys have a lot of different responsibilities on plays and a lot of different competing interests in any given moment. And they have to be even more so on the same page than most other position groups, being five guys really operating more so as one. And that leadership at that spot is is critical and why I think having Cody White here at center will be really valuable for him to specifically be the center there as well. The, the question too is in the future is like, if they replace Cody Whitehair with a younger center in the future, will that perhaps a rookie in the next draft or maybe a free agent? I don't know. Like how would that dynamic change too? If the leadership moves from the center position back to one of the other spots on the offensive line, I, I, I'm that, that's just a fascinating spot for me where to me, there's not a clear answer, like probably Nate Davis, but then it could be any of, I mean, all the other guys are so young. It's hard to kind of know who will be able to grow and step into that kind of role. But I, I keep an eye on Braxton Jones as a possibility there too. I think the Bears really like him as a player and as a person as well. But some other interesting leadership questions on offense at positions where we've seen more turnover, where we've seen bigger names come in and maybe past leaders ultimately end up exiting from those spots. And of course, I see a couple of big questions on defense with another really obvious one in, in Tremaine Edmonds that we'll get to as well next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at 
FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And they've got a really cool thing going on right now. You can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you'll get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So if you bet 20 bucks, they will give you $200 back in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in any game. Plus, you can bet on football season right around the corner here. You can bet on week one. You can bet on how the Bears are going to finish and so much more, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get up to $200 in your first MLB bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the NFL. So we know generally the Bears offense is set in terms of leadership with, with Justin Fields really at the top. And we know the offensive line has leadership pretty well set for at least this season, Cody Whitehair, but maybe some questions about what the future will hold after that. I'm particularly curious about how things are going to play out right now at running back, where you lost David Montgomery, who was obviously the starter for the last four seasons, but also like still the leader of that group, despite being relatively young compared to like what you might think of. Like he's, you know, because he was in the starting lineup so quickly in his career, he kind of just took over that leadership spot. But the guy just turned 26 years old. Like, it's not like he was a, a veteran, but he was the one that players looked to as the example. And we know, I mean, it was interesting with him because he wasn't like super loud. He, he wasn't afraid to speak his mind, but he wasn't high energy, bouncing off the wall type of guy. Like when he met with the media and stuff, he seemed like a different kind of cat. You know, like he thought, he thought differently about things and wasn't afraid to kind of give different answers to questions and just kind of speak his mind and be very genuinely him in a way that was honest and refreshing, but just different than I think we were used to. He leaves and you've got then Khalil Herbert taking over as the incumbent starter. That's certainly a wide open competition at running back, but Herbert is early on here, the starting running back, but he's only... 25 years old and only entering his third season in the NFL. I suppose that describes Justin Fields, also 25 years old, I think, and, and entering his third season in the NFL. So that's not like, uh, doesn't prevent him from being a, a main leader at that position. But I do think the dynamic is interesting with, with Dante Foreman coming in. And I feel like there could be not some conflict, like I'm not concerned about how it'll go, but just Maybe some things that need to be navigated or worked out there. Some things that I think are interesting to sort of think through with the different dynamics when it comes to running back leadership. That Foreman, well, Foreman isn't like old. He's not that much older, but, you know, he's 27. He spent, well, this will be his sixth season in the NFL. So he has, and, you know, last season he took over as a full-time starter after the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey. So he's got more, just more years of experience, but also more carries, more playing time experience. This will also be his fourth different team. So he has more experience in dealing with multiple different offenses, different styles of offense. He has more locker rooms that he's been a part of and just more teammates that he's gotten to interact with. So he has just a more of a breadth of experience beyond just like the actual like on-field experience stuff that might put him in a position to be more of a natural leader in that spot. But it's sort of a question of like, okay, 
Herbert's the incumbent, but the younger guy who might be more familiar with what's going on here, but doesn't have the same kind of experience as Foreman, who's older, maybe quote unquote wiser, more experienced, but the total outsider brand newcomer to this running back room. And so I wonder if, if it ends up shaking out like, okay, like whoever ends up really winning the quote unquote starting job ends up being more of the leader as the guy that they look to. But even, even that, like in this Bears offense under Luke Getze, we're not expecting to see a, a massive split and difference between the number of carries that the starter gets versus the the quote-unquote backup. I mean, last season, it was a little bit more skewed towards Montgomery. It was like 200 carries for David Montgomery, about 130 for Khalil Herbert. But when you look back at, like, Luke Getze's Green Bay Packers offenses, especially, like, the, the last season in Green Bay when he had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, both as two quality running back options, Aaron Jones was the starter, but A.J. Dillon actually finished with more carries over the course of the season. I think Jones missed a couple of games, like two, so that was part of it, but it kind of goes to show like how equal those two backs were in that offense, even though one was the starter and one was the backup, it was fairly back and forth. So even if Herbert is the quote-unquote starter, but Foreman is getting a, a relatively equal number of carries, does, does that make it more difficult to delineate like who's, who's the leader at the position, or can they sort of share the leadership duties, right? It doesn't have to be like one guy is the one leader. And let's not forget that the coach, the position coach is a part of that leadership structure at a position too. But I just wonder if you're a rookie like Roshan Johnson or a young guy like Tristan Ebner, even Travis Homer comes in as a, a younger-ish free agent from the outside. You know, who do you, who do you turn to? Do you turn to Foreman as the guy who's been around the block a little bit more or, or Herbert who's been a little more like involved in this offense and has been with this coaching staff longer. And I'm just curious how that plays out through training camp, through the regular season and kind of that long-term leadership moving forward. If, if you don't have one guy who's like the clear delineated leader there, I don't think it's going to cause problems. I'm not trying to create a, a controversy or raise a concern here necessarily. It's just a, a curiosity and something that I think is one of the interesting dynamics when it comes to leadership in this Bears backfield. It's a little more straightforward at wide receiver. Like DJ Moore comes in and he's the outsider, but he's got to be the leader, right? Right. You are the number one wide receiver. You've been, you know, he, he is again, like on the younger side, this is a young bears team, but when he's a guy who's coming in with like thousand yard receiver type expectations, who's been a thousand yard receiver three times in his career last season, a little drop off, but that was kind of the whole Panthers offense. He's got to be that guy, right? Like he's, he's 26. So it's not like he's a, it's not like he's super young, but he's not like significantly older than Chase Claypool, who I think is, turns 25 next month. Darnell Mooney turns 26 during the season. Like technically DJ Moore is the oldest of the Chicago Bears wide receivers, same age as, as Equinemius St. Brown, but because he's the guy at the top of the depth chart, he's coming in to be the guy. He has to be the example. He has to be the tone setter. Like even though like Mooney was kind of that last season and Mooney's been with fields longer, been in this offense longer, been on this team, this organization longer. Like it's still got to be DJ Moore has to sort of like transition into that leadership role. And I think we're seeing that already through OTAs and minicamp and that sort of thing. So it's not, again, not raising a concern here. It's just a matter of like the newcomer does have to come in and step up as the leader. It doesn't have to be just DJ Moore. Darnell Mooney can be a part of that leadership group, but certainly like those two guys very clearly, like when Tyler Scott has a question, or Valus Jones has a question. Like, I guess that's that's kind of the irony here. I think actually Valus Jones, based on... No, but Valus Jones isn't quite the oldest player on this Bears team, but he's only about a month younger 
than DJ Moore. Otherwise, Valus Jones in his second year. To continue the Valus Jones is old joke, like he's low-key one of the oldest wide receivers on this Bears team. Dante Pettis is technically slightly older than DJ Moore and might take a, a more of a leadership role, but Pettis being at the bottom of the depth chart, like your number four, five, six wide receiver can't really be the go-to leader at that spot. It's got to be DJ Moore, and there's not really much concern about him stepping into and growing into that role now on a new team. I don't think there's any concerns about who the defense as a whole is going to look at to be there. Like, made, you know, the Justin Fieldses of the defense, Eddie Jackson, Tremaine Edmonds, like those are the guy. Although Edmonds being a newcomer here, but I think there are some other questions at a couple other positions on defense that I want to start to explore where the leadership might come from at those groups. Next on Locked on Bears. Eddie Jackson is the elder statesman of the defense, right? We know that he has been a part of this team since 2017. He's 28. He's been around the block a few times with a few different defenses now in Chicago. And he is the guy, certainly that the secondary looks to as the leader, but also I think the defense as a whole has been able to lean on Eddie Jackson in that role, especially once Roquan Smith was traded halfway through last season. And once Robert Quinn was traded during last season, it was kind of fell on Eddie Jackson was the veteran who's been around a little while. Tremaine Edmonds comes in as the new middle linebacker and very clearly like he is the new leader in the middle of this Bears defense. Not that he's unseating Eddie Jackson by any means, but like those guys can share the leadership mantle there. You know, he's more of the Justin Fields in the middle of that defense. It's his responsibility in that defense to help get guys in the right position. He's in an he's in the position on the field that is most conducive to being the leader of that defense. And we've heard multiple times on this podcast, we've had Joe Marino from Locked on Bills on the podcast to talk about Tremaine Edmonds, not only on the field, but also how he's grown as a leader. And I would encourage you to scroll back through the archives, either on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast, to, to find those conversations with Joe Marino. It was one right when Tremaine Edmonds signed in March, and then we had him on last month after the draft to kind of talk about the Bears and where they compare to some other teams. And he raved about Edmonds a little bit more there too. But especially back in March when they signed Tremaine Edmonds, we talked to Marino about how Edmonds grew into that role. As a kid who came into the NFL at 19 and still is only 25 years old, but has played five seasons in the NFL as a starter, 74 starts under his belt, ton of snaps, Pro Bowls. Like he's a leader. He's a guy that this defense will look to and this team will look to and might be even like second in command of Justin Fields as far as roster-wide leadership. Maybe not right away because he just got here, but like that's kind of the expectation that he's going to be like second-in-command leadership. And Eddie Jackson's right in that conversation too. Not a competition there, exactly. So like those two are a little bit more set in stone. But to me, this defensive line is is fascinating from a leadership perspective because you know right now it is Justin Jones because he was here last season and he's been a little bit more vocal. We heard him complain about Green Bay Packers fans at a press conference. He's you know, got a handful of seasons under his belt, like five or six in the league. He's he's a little bit more of a veteran-type player, although Andrew Billings comes in at nose tackle with a little more experience, a little more age, but he's bounced around, boy, what, the Bengals, the Browns, the things on the Dolphins practice squad for a little bit, the Chiefs, the Raiders as well before coming over to the Chicago Bears. Like, there's some guys with experience there to pair with the rookie, the three rookie defensive tackles behind them. So, like, that leadership structure seems like a defensive tackle specifically, but how does that work at defensive end where you've got Travis Gibson as the longest tenured defensive end, but he's this is, what, his third season, 2020, 2021, his fourth season, quick math, his fourth season 
in the <clears throat> in the NFL and in this Bears defense. So like he's kind of a le- like he's kind of got the experience there, but he too it just turned 26 years old. Like he's not a a wily old experienced veteran. And Demarcus Walker comes in at, at 28 with seven years in the league with uh, three different teams before the Bears, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Titans. Like he's kind of like it's kind of the Foreman Herbert dynamic here with Walker and Gibson. One guy is young, but has been in this def- been in this team for a while and been around this organization for a while. So he's kind of like the incumbent there. But they also brought in the veteran who's older, more experienced, a little more productive over the course of his career, has seen more things. So does the newcomer come in and kind of unseat the incumbent as the leader at that spot that teammates are going to look to? Or does he sort of you know, take a step behind the guy who's been here a while and slowly sort of, you know, be a, a, a good teammate about it, but not take over as that true leader at that spot. You know, like if you're Dominique Robinson, are you looking to Gibson because he's been here and you know him longer? Or do you think some of the outside perspective at that spot will help? And, and how do those interplay with, with Justin Jones in a similar thing? Like he's been here a year now, like he's got some experience with this team and with this defense. And, you know, does, does the defensive tackle, the three technique spot there, lead the entire defensive line? Does there need to be different leadership dynamics between the ends and the tackles and you know, spending time with the rookies and that sort of thing? Like that's, especially when it's such an open competition at the defensive end spots in particular, we don't know who the starters are going to be exactly and what that rotation is going to look like. So does that become more of a challenge or just more of a, more of a fascination? Again, I'm not trying to create, not trying to say there's a problem, not trying to say I'm concerned or make any kind of controversy about it. Just more point out that like, that stuff does need to be shaken up a little bit, and, and somebody's got to step up and really be that leader. It feels like it's probably going to be Demarcus Walker, but Gibson can get into that role too, and I, I think that'll be a fun thing to sort of see how it plays out. Cornerback is also interesting to me. Like, Jackson leads the secondary, sure, but positionally, like, Jalen Johnson is very clearly the veteran, the number one corner. Is he... Is he the the bona fide leader at that spot? I mean, only be, the only reason I ask is because you know he misses parts of OTAs this year. It's voluntary. Nothing nothing that says he has to be there. But when he's gone, who's the leader at cornerback? Like when when Jalen Johnson is gone, I'm assuming everybody looks to Kendall Vildor because he's the next. He came into the league the same year as Jalen Johnson. They have the same amount of in terms of like years of experience. Jalen Johnson has played more snaps, bigger roles, bigger matchups, and stuff like that, and is the better player. But then is is Vildor kind of the other leader there? Because you have two rookies in Stevenson and, and, and Terrell Smith. And then you got some second-year players in Kyler Gordon, Josh Blackwell, and Jalen Jones. And so all of a sudden, who steps up in that leadership role with, with Jalen Johnson, when at least when he's gone? You know, it, or, or is Eddie Jackson enough to just say, Jackson's our leader in the secondary, we can always turn to him when we need anything? I think that's a big reason or a big part of why they went out and made John Hoke their cornerbacks coach, because he is a veteran experienced coach. We talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Like that that was kind of the coaching change that flew under the radar that the Bears cornerbacks coach left and was replaced with with Hoke. And the cornerbacks coach was a pretty inexperienced guy from the Colts, came over with Matt Eberflus. He left for a college gig and the Bears brought in a much more experienced, much more veteran, older coach to coach the cornerbacks. And I just wonder if A, if that makes up for a potential leadership void or leadership questions there, but then B, if there's more to that with wanting a more experienced coach with just a generally younger group of cornerbacks there. We could have the conversation about long-term leadership at safety, depending on how many more years of Eddie Jackson there's going to be. So there's been sort of those like rumors floating about, you know, how many more years he'll be a Chicago bear, but I don't think Eddie Jackson's heir apparent is under contract right now. They got Elijah Hicks and Kendall Williamson as seventh round picks, but like, 
I don't think that's the long-term plan at safety. So certainly Brisker can step up and grow into more of a leadership role at safety as well. Not the same exact free safety spot as Eddie Jackson, but I think Brisker has some of those natural abilities as well. It's just somebody who's play certainly can lead by example in addition to being able to lead with his voice, you know, on the sidelines and in the huddle and things like that. So I, I think generally, like, I'm not concerned about the state of leadership on this Bears team. You've got Fields on offense. You've got White Hair on offense. You've got Moore and some guys who will step up into those roles. And on defense, you got Eddie Jackson and Tremaine Edmonds really holding things down. And it's just a matter of working through some of the individual position stuff on the defensive line, which is probably fine with Justin Jones and cornerback, which is probably fine with Jalen Johnson. But I do think there's just, with, with so many new players, new faces, guys do need to like step up and really solidify those roles. Everyone seems to be on the right track. There seems to be an answer for any leadership question you might have. It's just about really following through and having those things take foot the way we expect them to. I'd be curious to hear what you think about the leadership on the Chicago Bears roster. Leave us a comment on the, in the, on the YouTube video for the Locked on Bears podcast, or you can Tweet us at Lockdown Bears. You could post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group to keep the conversation going there as well. However you do it, just make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Next week, we will start previewing Bears training camp. We'll be into July officially. So we can start talking about each position, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight end, the biggest battles that we'll be seeing in training camp. Some of the different questions that we need to see answered through training camp, through the preseason, before we get to the regular season and everything you need to know before the players start reporting to Hatless Hall. So I hope you'll keep coming back for more of that. We'll get you all set for Bears training camp. And of course, each and every podcast, we give you another opportunity to bear down.